Okay, with Lindsay Waite, Amigas is the feature screenplay, played at the Latino Feedback Film Festival. A Swedish maid and uh, a Mexican-American maid meet up and they form a friendship. I guess that's the concept, I guess, right? That Yeah, that's the core of the story, but it really ties in more with social issues of the time. and of course, yeah. Yes. So, but it's about like culture, kind of like, uh, you know, two different people from two different cultures kind of like merge in America and they kind of have a, have a kinship, I guess, right? Yes. Um, 1930s El Paso, Texas. Um, this was when a very fledgling made union mo uh, movement began. And it has to do with these two very different kinds of people forming a friendship, very different personalities, but ultimately uh, working together, I guess, just to save for social justice. <laughs> So when did you first kind of come up with this uh, idea? 1930s El Paso. I'm assuming you weren't living in that time. So I'm curious, like why you, <laughs> before World War One, after World War Two, the Depression, there's lots, there's lots going on. So uh, I guess it's, it, it's an interesting setting, I guess. Right. Well, I like historical uh, fiction to begin with. I've written um, two other screenplays that relate to um, early union activity. Um that received some recognition in film festivals. And having lived in the Southwest for 20 years, I just uh, got more interested in um, basically issues that relate, relate to immigration and specific to unions um, and people from Mexico and, and other countries. But this was specific to the situation at the time with uh, Mexicans that were working in this country. Um, it just, the story just developed. I to say where ideas come, I'm not completely sure. Um, but but, but thematically, you're things. you're interested in the unionization, like unions, like that's sort of one of your stories that you kind of go to in terms of. Uh, I'm sure you, I, I'm assuming you're pro-union. You're you're kind of have that ideology. You're making the right yes, yeah. I've been um, yes. I've been in unions. I worked for a union and um, I was a lawyer for a long time. I did some labor law work, but more civil litigation and criminal litigation. I, I didn't focus on labor issues. But back in college and law school, I worked my way through um, with those kinds of jobs, cleaning, dishwashing, all of that. Just It's just where my sympathies lie. And I think I'll yeah, in terms of current times, I think a lot of people don't realize how much that we benefit today, in America at least, is because of what unions did a hundred yeah. years ago. So, so I, I have a personal I, stake on this. Uh, and I grew up in the in the '90s. I grew, I was I worked at a grocery store that was unionized, and I was a assistant shop steward. I was young in my late teens, early twenties, put myself through school, and. I saw the, the the destruction of the unions uh, from yeah. with my for my very eyes. Meaning that within the the grocery store industry, where like someone could so work at a grocery store, doesn't they don't have to be a manager; they could just be a clerk, make a good living, have a house. And I saw Walmart come in, Home Depot, all these kind of these big corporations stop, and they 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 gutted the unions, and the unions were complicit too. I I saw it with my own eyes; they were they were in on the take and. Uh, and basically, I I saw the destruction of of that, that, that's just an analogy of what I see in America now. And unions are the one of the downfalls of like uh, of why there's 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 an economic uh, disparity between people. That's my two cents. 
Well, I would say shipping our labor out to countries sure. where they work for so much less is more of the issue. But I do understand. I agree that there are some unions that have been corrupt and not good for the people. But by and large. Um, but they, but being that they, they ship people out because of the, you know what I mean? The unions kind of like they, they kind of allow that to happen in a way. I, under, I understand the laws changed. And yeah, so I, I could we could talk about this for a long time yeah. to me when you get someone to work for 50 cents an hour compared to maybe in the nineties, $5 an hour, but to live, you need 10 or 15 or 20. Um, To me, we see the people higher up making millions and millions and billions actually. So to me, I, I wouldn't just say it's one thing or the other. I think it's 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 always a perfect, it's always a storm of many different things. It's never just one thing. Right. So I'm just saying from my perspective, so I have a strong, so 1930s, uh, El Paso maids. I mean, they're females as as well. They're they're immigrants, and it's 1930s. So I'm assuming the unions weren't uh, a, a solid organization during this time. One would assume. not not in this location, and not yeah. for women. The union movement and the East and the industries such as steel and auto manufacturing and, and rails were strong and effective. Um, Women were much harder to organize and particularly domestic workers who just worked individually in homes. And then right on the border, you and and it's still there today. You have people right on the border that still work many times under the table for a lot less than American workers will work. Um, And that's all over the country, actually, not just on the border. But I focused on this story because of the fact that um, there is such an awareness of the border generally mm-hmm. and um you know who's an american who isn't but during this time frame um with the depression with the dust bowl um a law was actually passed to allow the deportation of mexican americans those who were citizens and lived here you know generations and over 400,000 people were deported to mexico based on ethnicity and half of them were americans and so uh, Nita's story is the Mexican-American side of that story. And then Hildy's story relates to classic, you know, women, young women sort of rejected by their family. And the yeah. only thing they can do is, you know, get jobs cleaning. And, and she has to work through a lot of prejudices herself. Um, but Historic, um, Historically speaking, are these characters a version of somebody that you were when you were researching this kind of time? No, Mother Jones is in the screenplay I wrote called Homestead. I did base those characters on a number of real people. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I think I'm going to have to get some water. Um, I'm sorry, I have to get some water. <laughs> no, no problem. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's an interesting story about the unions and uh, 1930s, El Paso. The right. how's your How's your water situation? But in fact, um, in El Paso, there was a union formed of 700 maids and there's old newspaper headlines. I do a lot of historical research, even to the point of inside of a house of a, of a wealthy person or middle class person. What kind of refrigerators did they have and what did, you know, lesser income people have in their homes? Things like that. I try to make it very authentic to the times. Um, so yes, this um, is based on something that really happened, but the only stories we have about who the characters were are 
little headlines, you know, maids meeting, you know, and the fact that is the town um, opposed that, as is often the case. So I have a, a group of the town council and certain families being very negative towards this unionizing, which again, happens and happened. Yeah. In its basic sense, it's like the union has a double meaning to it. I mean that there's a they obviously they're forming a union, but there's a union happening with these two characters. Right. The one character is like, you know, I I need I can consider I can fair to say she's an idealist. She believes in what she believes in. She's got a strong mm-hmm. head. Whereas the other character, Hill Hildy, is really kind of reluctant. And a lot of people were at that time, like because they're scared of getting their getting fired, getting kicked out of the country, all these these factors. Of forming being a forming a union, you're going against in there, and you know the boss's eyes, you're going against them. So there's going to be fear, and you kind of show that as well. Like those those two different yes. types of personalities, I guess. Right? And her personality is that, and generally she's very timid and sort of beaten down because her family kicked her out because she had a teenage pregnancy. And um, I actually read, I, I do a lot of reading anyway, but I read a book specific to that situation that occurred, I think, in Kansas or Oklahoma. It was fictional. But a woman kicked out of her home and how she addressed that with the child and so forth. So I tried to, you know, get into the mindset of how much low self-esteem someone would have during that time with a child. And in the house, they each work in different households, but the house in which she works, the woman in charge pretty much holds that against her and, and looks down on her a lot. The man in the house who's a lawyer starts to see that she and her daughter are are smart and gives them an opportunity to use the library. And that's, that's the scene that was picked um, for airing on the uh, Latin um, feedback festival website, but um, that, you know, that's just a part of the story, but yeah, it takes Hildy. She has to go within herself to find some confidence, not only to get a little more involved with the union, but to actually become an advocate. And she, and she does that at the end. Yeah, so in, 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 it's, there's a parallel with your story. Like this is like almost a hundred years ago, but there's a very similarity to today's kind of world. And like you said, the border unionization, female empowerment. So there's a lot of kind of common common themes that are occurring in your in your script with that that resonate to today. And I think that struck me too is the parallels to today. And I didn't really when I wrote Mother Jones, which I think I wrote that three years ago. I knew that unions were growing again, um, Starbucks and so forth. And of course, Hollywood, we see what's going on there right now. But um, so I guess I thought there could be a market. And with uh, Latinx people, I think there's a a good, good, strong market for stories with um, themes, particularly positive things that relate to them. And I just finished another screenplay that doesn't relate to unions. It relates to a Honduran family chased by that cartel this is the really short version ending up in texas um and then being captured by um texas vigilantes and that's set in 2013 so it's more contemporary and i picked that year because again that was based on true facts of the rise of the vigilantism along the border with snipers and poison water and things like that so um I, I, it's a positive story in terms of the family coming together the brother and sister working together and, and, um, you know, having a happy ending, but it's also true what happens in America is we do get a lot of folks here who sort of get into the country, work, become productive. And then there's a the whole issue of, are they citizens? 
yeah. you know, not they should be be deported. That debate. So, I, I I mean I have empathy for people and for those who don't, which are many. I say, well, if you were in a situation where your son was kidnapped and tortured by a cartel and your daughter was sexually assaulted, yeah. What would you do? I mean, these are tough, tough questions, and I have no answers. But yeah, well, the irony is that you and I are two white people are talking, and our ancestors have dealt with this. You know what I mean? Like, it's, historically speaking, our at our family tree, like everybody's like came here to this country. Like, there's a story. Everybody's got a story to tell why they came here, and most of them right. are, are pretty horrific in terms of like my side, my wife's side, Holocaust and in the war and you know what I mean? And trying to get the hell out of there. And, and so I don't understand like that. It's a simple statement, but basically people just have to look at their own family tree to have some empathy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we tend to be, be in the present and care about ourselves personally. Yeah, I think so. But we, we see again, I guess this does sort of tie in with labor is there's so many jobs now that are primarily, um, migrant legal or not legal workers and i was where i live now is for the first time in my life a small town surrounded by farms i've always lived in cities and i was talking to a farmer one day and um how the subject came up doesn't matter he basically told me that he can't get americans quote unquote to work his farm to tend to cattle to to you know that kind of thing. You showed and, a documentary about that. That they're yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's it's such a complex issue. But I wanted to tell the story of one family, based again on a lot of research about the specific cartels in Honduras, what the journey's like. I've watched quite a number of documentaries about this train that you know travels from a certain place to a certain place. I think Mexico City to Matamoros or something. I can't remember. And it's just. Um, I just admire people who try to better themselves. I guess that's part of it, no matter what it's all about. Yeah, the, the, the human the human journey, the human struggle. It's definitely like in terms of the arcs of these two characters you have in your script. They have there's there they have they have a story to tell. They have a journey, and the, you, you it's a nice it's a nice parallel uh, written. There's all, obviously there's all these kind of themes that we're talking about, but it's really about friendship and loyalty and you and and being stronger together, I guess, right? Right. It being stronger together and overcoming stereotypes about each other. Um, but finding the commonality in that, you know, we both work hard, we're supporting family members, and it's really hard to do it on these, you know, very tiny salaries. 100%. Yeah. So it does relate to today. Like, it seems like it's kind of sad in a way where, like, we haven't really evolved or grown that much because it's like these stories you're telling 95 years ago are kind of the same stories that are happening today yeah it's funny you put it that way i didn't actually realize how old that is the mother jones stories was was the early 1900s and the the steelworkers union was 1890s but you're right we're talking about um close to 100 years ago yeah. And just people who are able to i just admire people that can step out of their comfort zone and do something yeah, and that's that's sort of what our that's that's hard as a human. We we don't have that like it's it's it, they get that to fight our fears and and persevere through us. That's what I I always try to get my kids to like be scared at least once a day. Yeah. I know it's a cliche, but it's like just just get out of that <laughs> comfort. You know what I mean? Because it's too comfortable. Yeah, yeah. 
And and history matters. I, I think I'm one of the ones who laments that, well, I just saw Oppenheimer yesterday, but I lament that, uh, you know, there's not a good- you chose Oppenheimer of- over Barbie? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a good sense of history and what people have done before yeah. us now. And, and, and that bothers me. And, and I do see film or streaming as a way to sort of carry on some of these stories that are old, but relevant. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's the, 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 we, especially the generation yeah. that's coming up. It's like they, it's a, they, they, they. We need to learn history. It's an important subject in school. We need to because we have to see what, what, where we come from and what we need to learn. Still need to learn, I guess, too, right? Yeah, and along those lines, I met one teenager who hadn't learned about the Holocaust even in high school, and. I I know another person who didn't know anything about McCarthyism, a relative, and I think it's important to know about those things. What? Where did they go to school? school? That, well, it's more about um, the state of the school system. One was in private school, and one was in public school. Oh, I was going to say, like, uh, the, generally, the, the private school you would assume, right? But yeah, that's scary. It, it's scary to me because. Um, I don't know. I just think the history is important. I think our museums matter. I think art matters and stories matter. So yeah, I'm sort of, I guess I'm sort of lecturing in a way. No, but the irony is that it's all the, I would love to be a kid now because all the information's there on the internet. You can just research it and it's before you'd have to go to a library or go through an encyclopedia book. And then there was just like more of a, of a kind of like a a cliff's nose version of the story. Right. So (laughs) So now it's all there. So that's the irony, right? Like everybody can just find the information wherever they need it. Yeah. Oh, and just FYI, a little self-promotion. This um, screenplay has won, I think, seven or eight acknowledgments of in different film festivals so far. I'm not surprised. It's it's doing really well. And so you have a you have a body of work. So what what is your what is your game plan to to finish this? Like, do you do you want? Are you looking for representation? Are you what are you? Yeah. Well, after the writer strikes over, yeah. looking at representation, um, looking at some of the producers of some of the uh, Latinx films that I've enjoyed, you know, different, like looking at the directors, producers, trying to figure out ways to approach um, looking for representation. I'm in a writer's group and some of us are pursuing different ways. And, you know, I know a lot of it's just pure luck. Yeah. A lot of it's just luck, who you know, who you meet whatever but I, I think these stories do matter and I think streaming actually has opened up a whole new world of the ability to tell stories we have so much some so many networks and so much of an opportunity now to spread many different stories well luck is opportunity meets preparation so you have the preparation and basically you just got to find the opportunity I'm sure you will it's like like you said you're winning all these awards like I from my experience I've seen this I've seen this parallel before you're on, you're on to something too. It's all, but it's also a timely script. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's about like we, you're talking about Latin uh, ex, uh, films, but it's also female films, female right. director, female producers. This is a female story as well, which is, which is a timely, you know, I'm just talking about way, way that the, the, the industry is trending towards. Right. So, and you know, it's a very political idealized uh, story too. People love that as well. So. 
So you're on to something. So I wish you the best of luck with uh, with this with this with the screenplay. We're honored to, sh- the, the, to perform that scene for you. And uh, let's talk again either this. Yeah, or those this. actors did a great job, by the way. I really they did wonderful readings. So when we will talk when either you win your next screen, screenplay contest or when this is made into a film. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It was Thanks. one, two, three, four, five.